0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Conversations That Matter Cell phone edition. Obviously, I'm traveling right now, so I'm going to try to keep it short uh, as much as I possibly can. But I didn't want to miss uh, a day doing podcasts. I, I've been for the last like two or three months putting out uh, six podcasts a week. Of course, we don't put out one on Sunday, that's my conviction. But um, I, I am kind of tired. I'm actually sleep deprived the last few nights. Um, working on some good projects, some, some really good things. I want to, um, announce one of them actually soon. That's, that's exciting to me. But, uh, uh, and so, so your prayers are appreciated and I thank you for that, but I I didn't want to miss a day. And so I thought before I go to bed, I'm going to do one more podcast and, and this is that podcast. So, um, I want to talk about a book that I read a few years ago by a guy named Gregory Coles. Uh, Called single gay Christian, and and if you have kids around, you may not want them to hear this podcast. So just forewarning, it's going to be about the topic of that book. Um, But Gregory Coles, if you go to his website, uh, this is his description of the about me section, right about Greg. Gregory Coles is a tangle of identities. That's the first sentence. It starts that way. Gregory Gregory Coles is a tangle of identities. Um, and, and so you can imagine, this is a confused person. This is, uh, judging from the book, an insecure person. And it's it's a very sad uh, book in a way. But because the social justice movement, the, w- the way it operates so often is, like right now, um, just give you a little background of why we're doing this, uh, It, it op- it's operating right now primarily on, along the lines of uh, race or ethnicity. And so, um, it's it's bad to be white it's good to be uh, well not just black but if Asian or you know, whatever uh, other minority status is designated as oppressed that that's uh, there's a popularity uh I guess assigned to that experience for lack of a better term and um, it's and then the goal is to deconstruct whiteness right to bring it down that in their words uh, However, it's going to switch. It's going to the, the focus changes. You know, it'll be the Me Too movement, then it'll sort of, sort of a feminist kind of uh, deconstructing patriarchy, toxic masculinity. Then it goes back to something else deconstructing, uh, in this case, uh, heterosexuality, marriage, family, etc. And um, and so I read this book uh, by Gregory Coles a few years ago. He's been a ReVoice speaker, and this hasn't gone away. And I read something uh, this morning, or no, it was last night, that clued me into the fact that this thinking, this is alive and well. We we need, I haven't talked about it in a while, but I do need to talk about it every now and then. There was a time, uh, and, I, and I still think this to some extent, that I thought, you know, the, the real subversion is going to come from this kind of LGBTQ plus Christianity uh, synthesis of some kind. I mean, this is a much bigger direct threat than Black Lives Matter, et cetera. But the the thing is, because of intersectionality, they're all kind of working together in a way. But I wanted to focus specifically on this. And um, and, and so I pulled up my notes from a few years ago because uh, I read an article that referenced this, uh, gave a glowing review of this book. And I, I thought, you know, I've read this book. Let, let me go look at my notes. And it, and it came back. And so I wanted to um, and this is again, the reason I do these is for you for, to help you think through these issues, because you're going to face them if you haven't yet. Uh, if you're in it, specifically for Christians in the church who um, have uh, friends who may be going down this path or have gone down this path, I, I'm not going to give you comprehensively everything there is to, to, to know or think about this. Uh, but I, I do have some experience uh, dealing with this directly. I haven't really talked about it on the show, but I do. And um, I, I'm i not, I'm not going to get into the whole story now. I think uh, maybe in a future podcast, because it is a good story, I will share it, um, of a gentleman that I uh, did reach out to for months um, uh, with the gospel uh, who claimed to be um, homosexual. That was his orientation, could not change it, wouldn't go to church. And then he was... Few days later, after saying this, was very honest with me about, no, I, I I do want a wife, I do want a family, I do want these things. Is there any hope for me? And um, so, so, I'll share this story at, at some point. But I, um, that it's, I mean, it's the word of God I'm standing on. It's not that experience that I have. I'm not an expert on this. But, um, but but I, what I'm about to share with you, all I want to say is it's. It, this isn't something that I'm. Bringing to you, uh, without having practiced it or without having thought through seriously thought through, how, do I do I actually believe what I'm saying? Is does this work practically in the real world? Does does what the Bible says uh, matter? Is it true? Um, is is there a way to approach this that is has uh, has a certain sensitivity? towards the sinner, but without compromising any truth, and certainly being honest about the wrath of God and these kinds of things that the Bible clearly teaches. So, all right, so, so all that to say, um, I want to go through the book. I want to give my critique of it, but uh, while we're going along, I, I want to give you insights. I want to point out the flaws in Gregory Cole's logic and, and his thinking and feeling. And, and then I want to just encourage you and point you towards a better way of approaching some of these things. So this isn't just to throw rocks at Gregory Coles; It's uh, his book, I should say, but this is to, um, uh, to, to help you think through this by examining his flawed reasoning, um, and hopefully exuding some compassion for people like him, because there, there are many of them. And then, thinking through, okay, what's a better way? What's a better way than the way Gregory Coles would would like us to approach this? So um, needless to say, single gay Christian is, it's it's semi-biographical, but Gregory Coles is encouraging Christians to kind of soft pedal their views on LGBTQ, especially homosexuality. And um, I'm gonna go through a few categories here, Um, epistemology. Uh, Gregory Coles elevates feelings as tests for authentic faith and love Uh, if you're not feeling um, that you're attracted to someone even if you're trying to kiss them and he tells this story then you know it's definitely not love you you have to have there's a a warm fuzzy that has to come with it of some kind for it to be real love Um, and he he says something here too Uh, he says I could be wrong about everything that's a direct quote there there's some kind of a radical subjectivity in Gregory Cole's approach. And I think that's why there's some insecurity. He, he doesn't really know what he believes, yet he wants to preach at everyone. He wants, he wants them to know something, but he could be wrong about everything he claims to know. Everything. Um, and, and, and this is just, you can't get started when, when you're on such a false foundation. Obviously he doesn't believe that because he doesn't think he's wrong about being wrong about everything. That's self-contradictory. To self-refutation but his faith is very contingent on his feelings does he feel like he's close to God and, and you you see this in the book so there's there's sort of the, what I wanted to convey is that behind everything it seems there's sort of a root um, insecurity just with his relationship with God his relationship to reality itself can he even trust his sense perception these kinds of things are running in the background as he's uh, dealing with such a hard question of identity, uh, someone and he has uh, struggles to some extent, I guess, for lack of a better term, with same-sex attraction, and so you, you want to have some firm foundation if you're going to approach this, and and that's what I would encourage people to start with. You, you have to start with some truth, some common ground. You got to build a foundation, and once you have a foundation, you can start um getting deeper but if there's no foundation and you just have these ethical disagreements with someone then you're you're probably not going to get very far um when it comes to ethics gregory coles uh, believes that praying to be straight while sexually um, experimenting with girls uh, or he i should say in his biography he prays to be straight while sexually experimenting with girls and porn to no avail and, and kind of concluding, well, I guess I'm homosexual. I mean, I'm not retracted to this stuff like I should be, like other guys my age are. And that that is not the way to go about it. I think he'd probably admit that, too, to an extent. But it's like this was somehow, though, a confirmation in his mind. It's a, it, 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 That's <laughs> sinful. Trying to, to, to go for more of a, a sinful, lustful heterosexuality and concluding, well, that didn't work for me. You see, you're stepping outside of God's plan already. It's not, not a sin is not going to reap uh, righteousness you're not going to have ordered desires because you went with a disordered desire that wasn't quite as disordered as the desire that you currently have um he gave up trying to to be straight and uh in the dreams of marriage and family now this is a dangerous thing this shows you uh and, and there's uh, this was kind of where the gentleman that i was referring to earlier that i worked with for a little bit was at where he he just given up on that stuff well i guess I'm never gonna have it. But he never really did, because he always knew that's the norm. That is what I should want. That is something I do want. And so he struggled with it. And Greg Coles is no exception. He hasn't actually given up on it completely. He says he has, but there's an inner struggle going on. Um, he, um, and, and, and that's not a good ethical thing, by the way. I mean, this is, especially when it comes to, if you really believe in the power of God, why, why not? Why, why can't that happen? He flatlines homosexual desires by claiming all sexual desires are fallen, and before the fall, he wouldn't necessarily have been heterosexual. So he, so he's open to this idea that even if Adam didn't fall, there would still be hom- homosexuals. Uh, even though that's contrary to the created order, this, this is um, not something, I mean, just read Romans 1. <laughs> I mean, you really, that's the only passage you need to uh, work your way through that one. Um, but this is the effort here is to flatline it to downplay homosexual desires. Hey, all desires, all sexual desires can be somehow um, uh, warped in some way. Therefore, homosexuality isn't really that bad compared to everything else. But but the thing is, there there's there's different levels of ordered and disordered desires, and I, I think we all believe this to an extent, whether we admit it or not. Um, pretty much every you know things like bestiality or. Um, child, you know where I'm going with this. I'm not going to get into the details because we, we I don't need to be saying this on the podcast, but you know where I'm going. Uh, we, we would all agree that there's a certain level of depravity uh, that it, it is, it, there's a there's a greater level of depravity in some of these things than in a warped heterosexual lust of some kind. And it's not that both of them aren't sin. They both are sin. It's, it's that you have to make, there's, 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 A certain depth of uh, usually choices being made um, accompanying this that lead to other choices that lead to other choices that warp the mind even further etc. Gay marriage and, and this is a big one guys gay marriage might be okay and this is it's a game I see this played a lot where it's kind of like a wink and a nod with well I'm Orthodox I believe all the Orthodox things but I'm open to this idea that gay marriage might be okay uh, not even he even says it's he insinuates it's not even as important as infant baptism, like like the disagreement over infant baptism is a bigger disagreement than the disagreement Christians have over gay marriage. Um, he says a married lesbian can be in love with Jesus. So, said he'd still love a friend who entered into a gay marriage. And that love wasn't a rebuking love. It was an accepting kind of love. I accept you and your lifestyle, and you're a Christian, and you can fall deeper into love with Jesus while being engaged in a same-sex relationship, which just warps the, the Christ. In, if the marriage is Christ in the church, then this is, this is not a picture of Christ in the church anymore. It can't be. Uh, it can't be an authentic marriage. But he's open to that. Why? Why is he open to that? And he doesn't never really quite comes out and says it but then he insinuates it and, and you gather that that's, that is what he believes. His metaphysic, um, he believes he is a sexual minority and compares the identity to racial minorities, et cetera. So he, again, downplaying here, but he takes sexual minorities and he basically he categorizes them. He, he reinterprets them as, well, that's like, that's like racial categories. That's like uh, a vocation. That's like all these other identities we have except it's not. There's sin. There's a, there's a sinful desire attached to this. He downplays disordered desires by assuming they are part of his nature. So if they're part of my nature. If that's who I really am, right, I was born this way, then they're not really disordered. Uh, he actually likens them to Paul's thorn in the flesh at one point too, So it, which Paul's thorn in the, in the flesh was not a, a part of Paul's nature. So that's so he's grasping anything he can find, really, to sort of justify these things. But Paul's thorn in the flesh. Uh, we, we don't have any indication that this was some kind of a sin, though. Paul, in fact, just the opposite. It was God's not the author of sin. God's not sending sin to Paul. You you need to bear with this. You, you need to sin. That that, that doesn't make sense. Um, he also says the point of sex is to know community, which is another way, it's kind of like downplaying the aspect of sex that is complementary that there's a female and a male coming together and it just it's humans getting to know each other in community and I don't know why he does this exactly maybe a sour grapes kind of I'm not sure what's motivating all of that Um, but there's kind of there's a subtle attack on heterosexuality and I don't think most people are going to actually read that when they're reading this, but there is an attack on the created order in this book. This is a very dangerous book, guys. I believe that to the core of my being. This is a very dangerous book. And the, the revoice theology, which is, it, it is all very dangerous because if you actually imbibe what they're saying, if you listen to what they're actually saying, uh, they are attacking heterosexuality by downplaying it, by ripping out the things that make it what it is, by... Um, by elevating homosexual uh, desires to the same level as heterosexual desires. and it it's it, it's just it's not good. It's not biblical. And I think the core of a lot of this, if you really th- this is Romans one. I was having a conversation the other day um, with a very good conversation with uh, some uh, a, a dear um, brother and his family uh, in Lynchburg and uh, they had my wife and I over, and we we got on the subject of um, homosexuality, and we kind of agreed. We were talking about Romans 1 a little bit, and just how uh, in Romans 1, you see this fundamental um, worship of the creation instead of the creator. There's a truth exchange going on, to take Peter Jones's line about it. And this is what happens in, Gregory Coles demonstrates this. This is what happens in homosexuality. Um, There is an obsession with himself, a worship of himself. Uh, His focus on himself is just insane and through the roof. Uh, He focuses on the hardship of enduring self-hate and the critiques of others. Um, He almost acts like a martyr for the sacrifice he's making. He's making such a sacrifice. Uh, Low self-esteem. He he only has friendship. He doesn't have sex if he's going to live a celibate gay Christian life, which is kind of where he winds up. There's a kind of... um, uh, of love that, uh, that that he says he's forsworn. He can't have a certain kind of love. He can't indulge in what all the heterosexuals are indulging in because he's homosexual and he has to follow the Bible and the Bible says not to have sex, but he has these desires and they're legitimate in some way. The reason I say that is because he even says, like like homosexuality isn't, by definition, you can't say that's love. That's not, so, so he hasn't actually forsworn a kind of love. He should still be open to, uh, heterosexual love. That's that's really who he is. That's who everyone is. That's who God wants them to be. That's like how God designed them. That's the, the creator's intention. That's what we go with. That's worshiping the creator, Romans 1. Instead of the creation, I'm going to redefine myself. I'm my own creator. I get to say who I am. I live on my own terms, and my own terms are that uh, I am homosexual, and that's it. And, and so... This is, this is Romans 1. Gregory Coles is in the midst of this. Um, now, a question I had when I was going through this, what about heterosexuals with unfulfilled desires? And he assumes that straight Christians have given themselves a cross that's too easy. I mean, it's literally in the book. You know, have they given themselves a cross that's too easy? How many heterosexual Christians do you know? I mean, Christians who desire to be married in the way that God intends, legitimate desires, and it doesn't happen, or it's not happening, or there's a delay. Uh, is that not also? I mean, they, they still have to mortify those 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 lusts. Why why is that? He, he puts heterosexuality on this like, uh, on this pedestal where where they are kind of um, they have it so easy compared to him. Uh, because it, but but there are single heterosexuals out there. So anyway. Um, he's so consumed with himself that he can't even see that. Uh, there seems to be some kind of a sour grapes. He, he says, he talks about his strengths. At least he's not afraid to look unmasculine. Like, that's not a good thing. Like, we should want to, if you're, you should want to look like the biological sex that you are. Uh, this is, you know, 1 Corinthians uh, talks about this. Um, I, there, there is a way, there's an assumption within Scripture that men should look like women, uh, men should look Men should look like men, <laughs> women should look like women. Yeah, it's not Sports Illustrated, it's the Bible, right? Uh, he's so self-deceived, he wants people to know things. Uh, for instance, like he says at one point, he says, like there's a bunch of examples of this, but one of them that I think is so clear, he goes, I don't usually tell people that I like Justin Bieber music, except you just published it in a book that I'm reading. So there's, he, it really, the book is really an expression of himself. Now, I want to go through just a few things here about the Bible, God, the gospel, and the church. The Bible, here's something he says about the Bible. Bumper sticker hermeneutics leaves us helpless where the Bible seems to contradict itself. How do we respond when the order of creation changes between Genesis one and two? When kidnapping and enslaving people is condemned, but slaves are told to obey their masters. When Paul appears to forbid women from filling leadership roles in the church, and then speaks highly of women who have taken on leadership roles. The logic of surface, Meaning forces us to read dismissively, to overlook or explain away whatever doesn't seem to fit. We miss the opportunity to read holistically because we're too busy regrouping, cutting our losses, trying to protect the Bible from itself. I say this not to defend revisionary readings of the Bible's approach to homosexuality, but to defend the instinct that makes us bold enough to raise the question if we truly love Scripture, we have to love it enough to let it prove us wrong. Guys, please, this. The, this is all the examples he gave. Genesis one and two, uh, different order of creation? No, that's higher criticism. I'm sorry. No, it's the same. It's just Genesis two is talking about it, it is more specific, talking about one day. Uh, kidnapping and enslaving people is condemned, but slaves are told to obey their masters. There's no inconsistency there. Yes, the Bible teaches in the Old Testament you should not kidnap. That doesn't mean that uh, you, there's a not a way to obtain slaves without kidnapping. Um, or anyway, <laughs> there's just no contradiction there. I mean, um, when Paul appears to forbid women from filling leadership roles in the church, and then speaks highly of women who have taken on leadership roles, yeah, no, <laughs> Paul's being very specific that women are not to usurp the authority of, of the pastorate. They're not to be preaching. They're not. So, so yes, women can take certain authority roles, but it's not the authority roles that Paul's outlined. And it's not even authority. It, it's. Um, it, they can take authority roles, but it's not uh, authority, spiritual authority over men, that kind of thing. So, anyway, grown men. Um, he says. Uh, he also says at one point he talks about Bible verses against homosexuality. That was it. There's only six Bible references to homosexuality. That was all I needed to explain in order to hang on to my faith and still have everything I wanted. And, and this is. I just want to point out what he's ignoring is that the the Bible is. Um, I, I think. Michael Brown had made this illustration once that uh, if there's a gluten-free cookbook, right, and you say, hey, there's gluten is not mentioned in this cookbook. You'd be like, yeah, because it's the gluten-free cookbook. Well, the Bible is a heterosexual book. If you say, well, you know, homosexuality is not, it's only mentioned six times. Well, yeah, because it's a heterosexual book. The commandments given to fathers and mothers and wives and husbands uh, assume gender roles. It assumes heterosexuality. Um. So his views, his theological views here, I mean, this it's false teaching, guys. I have no problem saying that. Uh, he denies God's plan. He denies God's power. Uh, look, He looks forward to the intimacy with God, which is better than sex, but can't trust that maybe God's plan is to change his desires on earth. So in heaven, God's going to give him real intimacy, but he can't have it on earth. Why not? What God, Does God have a plan? Does God, is there a creation plan? Is there why Why just, like, say that um, that's not going to happen? What about God's power? He can implement that plan. Um, and Gregory Coles is not—he's a young man. Like, he's got a whole life ahead if he lives his whole life span that he would normally live. Why is he just saying that that this can't happen? He can't become a heterosexual. Why? He can't have those desires, the, the right and order desires God God wants him to have. Why, why not? Um, so he denies God's power. He calls— um, uh, let's see. He, he gave up on being called to marriage because of his desires. Again, into himself. Um, so anyway, giving up on God's plan, not trusting God's power. How about the gospel? Uh, he talks about his homosexual orientation as somehow a redemption story because he doesn't act on it. So he doesn't act on his desires. He doesn't go and have those relationships with other men. So that's a redemption story. (laughs) Um. the The redemption, redemption is what Jesus did. Redemption is Jesus taking the sin that Gregory Coles has committed in thought, word, deed, action, whatever, even if it's just thought, and and paying for that sin, redeeming him from the sin that he the debt he owed. Uh. Anyway, uh, the church, um, its this is the, where the real attack guys lies. This is the main thing of his attack. They're not sensitive to sexual minorities. They condescend in their—he uh, condescends, I should say, to them in their misunderstanding because they misunderstand things like orientation, and they have a lack of sophistication. So, so, in other words, they don't know about Gregory Cole's innate desires too well. And that's not part of their world. They don't use the language of homosexual orientation, therefore— uh, he condescends to them, he, uh, towards them. Um, he ridicules uh, the focus on masculine roles and no ministries that are catering, uh, that, are, that are for him. You know, ministries need to cater to him. Why is there no ministry for people like him? He basically blames the church for his guilt. That's what I'm picking up. The guys, he comes across as guilty and he just blames the church for it. He has no problem worshiping with LGBT folks. Yes, even transgenders. So that should be part of the church. Transge- worship with transgenders. Sing Amazing Grace with transgenders in church. Uh, that, that, you know This is somehow, this is all legitimate. Um, he can't answer straight questions about whether he's in favor of others entering same-sex relationships or not. It's, it's got to be so nuanced. He seems more ready to praise practicing homosexuals than straight Christians who are ignorant of his desires. See, it's more of a sin to be ignorant of Greg Cole's desires than it is to be a transgender person. That's the impression you get from the book. Um, And he positions himself, this is a tactic, he positions himself as a moderate. I'm just a moderate. Meanwhile, uh, all he seems to do is critique traditional conservatives. Just critique after critique of traditional conservatives. He um, insinuates that straight Christians who encourage celibacy for gay people should feel guilty for enjoying their lives. Uh, yet says he can't judge others' hearts. (laughs) He says that in the book, I can't judge others' hearts, after he spends so much of the book judging others' hearts. So this is the book, and so this is the critique I have. Now, I want to say this. Um, What Greg Coles is going through is what many people are going through in his particular situation. And it is sad, and we should have some empathy for it. It is a difficult thing to have uh, to, to, to want things that one cannot have, the things that, are, that you deeply want. At the same time, it's possible to want things that are very bad, very evil. And the goal should be, and I, I, I rem- I'm reminded of Bobby Lopez, something he told me about this. The goal should be to live uh, within the order, the the planned, the, the the orderly plan that God has created for all mankind. Um, yes, there are exceptions. There's things like the gift of singleness. If 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 you, uh, I know there's some debate on that, but I I'm I'm, I'm willing to say that there's there's uh, I don't not saying it's like a gift like First Corinthians twelve kind of gifts necessarily, but there's. There, there is a place for that, um, but it's not, it, it's not the norm. It's the the cre- creational norm, uh, and and even in that, there's, um, well, actually, I'm gonna get off that for a minute because that's, um, that that's not even in the ballpark, even close to uh, this category that Greg Coles wants to introduce of homosexuality. There is a category for singleness. There's not a category for uh, homosexuality. Uh, that and that's a legitimate category. Um, and someone uh, like Greg Coles who has these desires, whether he got them from, it doesn't really matter. He says he you know, always had them, right? Uh, so they must be kind of like an inbred thing. Whether, whether they are or not, and, and I, I'll tell you, I, I think, I, I believe what Romans one says about it. I think there is, there is a choice being made and you see it in Greg Coles. There's a choice being made to worship creation and not the creator, even if he always felt like he had these desires. These, what he's choosing to do is, where's the focus of that? I, I always had these desires. It is not an out, an outward focus, it's not a focus on the creator, it is not um, looking at the blueprint for how he was uh, made, what he's supposed to do, these kinds of things. His, his, his ways of trying to uh, become heterosexual were all, they were sinful, <laughs> some of them, uh, the ones at least that were highlighted. Um, uh, maybe with the exception of he says he, he tried to pray for it, etc. But he gave up on that pretty darn quick uh, for for someone who's as young as he is. So um, there's a defeatist attitude here. Like, God's just not powerful. He's he's not going to. And, and maybe this isn't even his plan. Uh, and and there's a discouragement now. For for a true Christian, right, who gets stuck in a sin, loves God really truly does, and just man, this sin, it's so hard to get rid of this sin. I I love engaging in it. And uh, how do I stop doing this, right? That is something to fight, to mortify. Uh, That is something that God does um, to never give up on. That's something that God brings deliverance uh, from. And you have to hold on to that. You have to believe that. Even if you're, uh, like Proverbs says, you're the righteous man who, Gets up seven times. You give it give. Give up. Get up every single time. Keep getting up. Uh, it is the most unhealthy thing, and the most faith lacking of faith thing that you can do to just throw in the towel. Uh, there, there is true power out there residing in God and the Holy Spirit. Uh, we are called to be obedient. It, ultimately, for for any sin, the, the really the the thing. For whatever finger we want to point at the church or anything external, three fingers are pointing back. It's our desires, it's ourselves, and there are uh, and we are responsible for those. And there are way to ch- ways to change those. And this is where I was reminded of the Bobby Lopez thing. I asked him about this, and he said because he's someone who came out of that and has a family and everything. and He said, "Look, it's like in some ways it's like a diet." And at first, I heard that as like a diet. Uh, I mean, we're talking about serious, sinful things here. He says, look, gluttony is also a sin. It's like a diet, though, in a way. It's, it's not easy. You think someone who's a glutton, uh, who's, you know, so many hundreds of pounds overweight, it's hard to lose that weight. But you discipline yourself. You do what Paul said, you buffet your body. So there, there's an element of, yes, uh, work. You, you do need to work hard. You do need to be disciplined. Uh, but you, you, the, the essential thing is you can never stop trusting God. And I do happen to know many people who, uh, who I've talked to now over the years who were um, going way past where Greg Coles is, living uh, in, in a homosexual lifestyle, a pattern of sin, and uh, are Christians, uh, have families. Uh, do not struggle with that. Um, you know, Juan Riesco is another great example of someone. I just recently, I was talking to about this. And um, one of the things that I've noticed, the hallmark in all these guys and the, the thing that sets them apart from Greg Coles, they don't have the bitterness. They are not blaming everyone else for their sins. Uh, they're not trying to um, uh, get rid of their guilt by passing it on to something else. They are, Romans 1, worshiping the Creator. They're just accepting, this is, this is who God said I am. That's who I am. End of story. I'm gonna live the way that God said that I am. And I'm just gonna pray, leave the results up to Him. I'm gonna pray for it. I'm not gonna get lost in my own head, thinking about what are my desires right this moment? What am I really thinking? What, you, you, you just, you, you move forward, and, um, and it's, in that way, it's like any other sin. There, there's not, you know, yeah, there's sexual sins against the body, but um, it's like any other sin. All sin sends you to hell, ultimately. That's what the Bible teaches. If you've committed one sin and, and you committed them all in the sense that uh, there's a punishment um, and and you will inc- incur a punishment. So, uh, and, and, and they're all offensive to God, so... Um, I, I wouldn't, uh, what's happened right now is, and Greg Coles is playing into it, is there's a, such a privileged status given to homosexuality because it, it it's a very popular sin and it is forbidden to even think of it in sinful terms. And so he's uh, buying into that to some extent and not treating it as a sin and creating a separate category for it. And for all the talk that, oh, it's the religious right that creates a separate category for homosexuality, I see it far more on the left. Uh, even for the for those who claim to be Christians, they uh, create this special place for homosexuality that it's protected, and you can't speak about it unless you know all the ins and outs of uh, the psychology of it. And and, and it's, it's just no. It, it's God is the one that gave us categories. He defines what it is, and he defines all of humanity. So um, anyway there's, there's I'm, I'm rambling at this point a little, so I'm going to stop the video, but I'm setting the, this up for some things I want to talk about next week a little bit. Uh, and I, I noticed a trend this week. The trend is continuing uh, in conservative, even politically conservative circles, what, what are considered that, uh, like Turning Point USA earlier this week. There is uh, starting to be a, an all-out assault on traditional biblical uh, just the way that God created it, uh, sexuality. And I, I, think we need to be prepared. Yeah. You know, black lives matter. I get it. Systemic racism, et cetera. That's important, but there's, there's something else coming guys, and it's going to be coming with a vengeance. I, I, I really think. So I hope, um, I hope that was helpful for some of you in thinking through some of these things at least. And, um, and God bless.